Behind this door is another dimension. Welcome to Enter the Flow Zone podcast. This is the only podcast that teaches people the secrets of peak performance, positive psychology, and mindset mastery to help unlock your flow state. Here's your host, certified flow coach and international happiness consultant, Sumed Chatterjee. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite flow state podcast in the world, Enter the Flow Zone. We have a very special guest with us today. Before that, for anything, I'd just like you to check out iTunes. If you like this podcast, if you like any of the previous episodes, feel free to leave us a review. It helps us to splash across the planet. All right, so we have an incredible guest with us today, a lead coach of The Essential Man, Mr. Soma Miller. Hello. Good to be here, Samet. Good to be here, man. Um, And so... Mr. Miller, you are a men's leadership coach. And at this time right now, we're sort of, you know, in this pandemic craze, a lot of panic, a lot of fear going around. And yeah, I feel like it was right to invite you on to give people sort of that, that guiding light, that lighthouse, so that even throughout the darkness, people can have some kind of a direction and a purpose. So yeah, man, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, what led you down this path, down this journey? I know everybody probably asks that in every interview ever, but if you could just give yeah. me a, Yeah. Yeah, no, no problem, man. And it, it always comes out a little bit different each time. Yeah. So it's cool. Um, totally. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally, from a, from a pretty young age, I, I was very sensitive and kind of aware of certain things that maybe people aren't typically aware of due to my sensitivity and um and and, and on a certain level that made my life difficult you know i mm. i was kind of a moody child gave my parents a hard time and mm. um but but that sensitivity also i think was was tuned into some of the the deeper truths that were were not really being exposed and mm. and I think that's really relevant to our current times and what's happening because there's we live in this culture where a lot of things get kind of brushed under the rug, a lot of really important issues and mm. and um, and so yeah, just growing up with that sensitivity, you know I kind of felt things in my family system and in the world that just felt kind of off and um i didn't really know how to make sense of it as as a child and then into my teenage years um certain things certain lights started to switch on for me in terms of the structures of our systems and our social structures even you know amongst peers during that time and um you know, probably when I was around 19, 20, I kind of went off on a bit of a spiritual journey. I, I, moved, I left New York where I grew up and I, I moved to the West Coast. And, you know, I just trusted my, my gut on that and found myself in the Bay Area. And, yeah, during, I, you know, I was really struggling a lot during that time with depression and just 
seeing the state of the world and, and really not knowing what to do about it, not really feeling like I fit in to the way that things were set up. Um, yeah. And so, I, yeah, I landed in the Bay Area and, and, and got turned on to a lot of work on consciousness and um, started practicing yoga, started cleaning up my diet. And, and I noticed right away that those things changed me. They changed the chemistry of my body. They changed my thoughts, my emotions, all of that mm -hmm. stuff started to radically shift things for me. And, you know, coming from being very uh, self-conscious about who I was, like I started to land in my body and discover my true value and, and my beauty and the good things about me. Um, and, you know, I, I stuck to that path because it made sense to me. I, you know, I got, I actually started down the track of, of wanting to really learn about systems and how, how we're fitting into the current systems and how we can start to rework, um, mm. our, structural system so that we can live in a healthier way on planet earth mm -hmm. right um, yeah i just found how disconnected we all were and how how nourishing it was for me personally to get into my body to put clean fuel into my body to be out in nature and, and it mm -hmm. you know that's what started to click for me is like why are we so kind of divorced from the natural world what are we mm -hmm. why are we trying to protect ourselves so much um and so yeah i started i got into not only studying yoga but also permaculture design which is kind of a design science that looks at creating sustainable communities mm. um, and you know, it's something I was very passionate about for a while and I still am mm. um, you know just looking at how, how we can get our needs met from the earth without like trashing it in the process um, yeah and, and really it's it's looking it's it's a it's a different mindset you know our current cultural paradigm is like it's about what can i get you know and it's it's really based in fear and scarcity mm. it's based in um what about me this very immature mentality and i'm not just saying that i've completely evolved beyond that and i think like the that mm. next phase in my journey mm. um really had me confront that and that's that's when i got into doing men's work and you know I, I definitely got a lot from getting in touch with my body and taking better care of myself in that way but you know there are certain places that just weren't fully addressed in in my psyche and once i got into doing men's work i was able to really uh, you know look at some of the deeper subconscious stories that were running my life and kind of sabotaging my relationships in a way and not only that but but to be in an environment where i could sort of bring the parts of me that i was most ashamed of like things that i wanted to hide from the world and to 
expose those to, to people that were able to hold them with compassion and love. And there was, there was something just incredibly healing mm. for me in that experience. Yeah. If yeah. you don't mind, could you share what, what were some of those self-sabotaging storylines? Because I know I've definitely had that same similar experience yeah. in that I, I was like living through the sort of the underdog, like the kind mm. of like I have to sort of work hard and push in order for me to get exactly what I want. And then I sort of fall down again and then climb again. That was the pattern. Did you notice a kind of pattern for you? Yeah, I think um, I would say the, I mean, the, the stories for me were somewhere around um, like I'm not enough as I am. So I need to, change or fix myself because yeah. I'm just not, I'm not good enough. Like I'm bad mm. fundamentally. Yeah. Um, yeah that's a, so a lot can, of personal development is that right. It's like, keep fixing, keep fixing. Yeah. Right. Right. And so I, th- I talk about this sometimes, like sometimes personal development is kind of a trap because it's yeah. trying to cover over these, these parts of ourselves that we think are inadequate in some way. Yeah. And really it's hard to change when you're just like, shoveling on top of something that's so at the core and and so i think it's really important in the work that i do i really get into that core piece for men because Mm. otherwise it's just driving our lives and and most of the time it's unconscious you know we don't even realize but then we realize like the Mm -hmm. eventually like the the six or seven figure business we're going for is really just trying to prove to the world that we're good or prove to mom or dad that mm. we're strong or worthy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah so and i think the other the other story for me was you know it was around like um i'm not really lovable and they're definitely related um yeah and mm. yeah so that i i definitely spent a good part of my 20s like trying to trying to do all these other special things to be seen and loved and and acknowledged as, you know, a lovable human being. Um, And I think, you know, I think what really shifted for me is, is when I got in there and I recognized those parts of myself that I was trying to cover over and, and found a way to just be with them. Yeah, and you know, just like an unconditional acceptance and unconditional kindness, um, and but also, you know, there's there's a the experience of being witnessed in those places by loving people really shifts. I I think the the whole neurobiological closure that tends to happen when when we hide things, you know, it's like, Oh, it's safe, safe to show these parts of me. Right. Mm, Yeah. And when we say things out loud, it's like we have much more power over it. We're only as sick as our secrets, you know, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, I want to tap into just the idea of flow states. Right. And, you know, my experience of being in the flow, is really as much as possible, you know, being unfiltered, unprotected, 
because when, mm-hmm. when we're, we're not trying to live within the realm of our known identity, something, something larger can move through us. And, yeah. and, you know, there's part of us that if we can let go into that trusting life, there's something relaxes, you know, part of our nervous system relaxes and, and I think it just opens up more of an optimal state of being. But if we're, if we're trying to hide something or protect something constantly, it's hard to, hard to let go. Right. That's very true. Yeah. It's like that selflessness almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I really like what you're doing, man. I, I just have to appreciate you because you know, you, you talk a lot about this idea of tribe and like how, you know, the lone wolf, the idea of the lone wolf is dead. And I, I really think that that's an important message for guys to hear because a lot of men, they sort of, you know, they're, they're in this uh, self-quarantine or self-isolation right now. But that's kind of been a lot of their natural state is to retreat into the man cave, right? It's like yeah. this idea of like, yeah, I'm not going to sort of face these things. I'm going to sort of play video games until my brain numbs itself or, or you know, whatever yeah. else, <laughs> substance or something, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's it's super important to be able to, you know, find other like-minded, you know, integrated men and be able to form a community around that. And what you were saying about kind of work around community could you go into a little bit about that and how that's shaped your men's work yeah absolutely and you know I didn't I don't know if I touched on this in my story but you know a big impetus for going out into the world during that period of my life where I was just exploring all these different modalities was was a desire for community a desire for kind of belonging you know I I, in my early 20s I was living with my friends from high school and and I kind of got the opposite of that like you know they were big into using drugs and substances and mm-hmm. and I was just like trying to clean my life up and you know there was kind of just like a disconnect and a disregard for the greater whole of our household so that mm-hmm. sort of put me on the track of seeking community in my life seeking people that wanted to mature themselves to evolve spiritually and to you know really show up in the world as the best version of themselves and Mm. um and it's become you know really one of the underpinning pieces of the work that i do because i really find that you know isolation which a lot of men do not only has us just stagnate in our wounds and pain but also really um, miss out on the gift of community, which, you know, in a good men's community, you get honest feedback in a way that you probably wouldn't, you know, just going out into the world in, in typical social circles, you know, if you're going out with your bar buddies or watching sports, you know, it's like yeah. the, if you've build relationships where you can be deeply honest with each other, then we learn so much more about ourselves and see kind of the parts of us that are unconscious or blind spots. And it's, it really accelerates the evolutionary process if we're willing to take that on in such a way. 
Um, and then the other piece around community is really, it's about see, being seen in our gifts as well. And, and also having, having kind of an outlet for our gifts, you know, like a lot of men are in the world seeking purpose and, and um, you know, my opinion is that purpose is best expressed within the container of a community. Like we, we can't practice living our purpose if we don't have a place to give it to. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, our purpose is really, it's not about us. It's about what we're here to bring into the world. Right. And so it, it mm -hmm. gives us a way to not only exercise whatever that purpose is, maybe even get clear on what it is because people can see things in us that we can't see. People can see our gifts that we might be blind to because of those stories that we say about ourselves, you know, that I'm not enough. And, yeah. you know, um, so that, that actually shrouds our capacity to see our own gifts. And we need people to not only point them out, but to draw them out, to challenge us, to step into them more fully. Hmm. All those things are powerful pieces of community. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, at this time when we call it social distancing, it's like, it's not really social distancing, is it? It's like, it's physical distancing. And yeah. so it's like, we still have to keep in touch with the brothers and, and the people that, you know, we can actually talk to with healthy resolve instead of like, you know, this kind of fear-based panic mentality, which is happening right now. Um, do you want to speak a little bit about what can men do as leaders? Um, how can they show up right now at this time of a, of a crisis? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, to me, the, the foundation of good leadership is really being tapped into a, a grounded place within ourselves because mm -hmm. if, we're, if we're not grounded, we're probably going to spin out in, in fear and panic, you know, even however practiced we think we are, like, uh, you know, I've been doing this kind of work for years and I'm, I'm getting triggered here and there. And yeah, and, and, yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's serious shit that's going down right now. And mm -hmm. it's really essential that we, we have tools to help us stay in our bodies to, to breathe, to stay present and, and not react from the fear. And so to me, like that leadership really starts with being in our bodies and doing some kind of physical practice to, to stay rooted, to stay centered. And, mm. you know, ideally in, in my experience, being in the lower half of the body, like really, yeah coming from there and our awareness helps us it's closer to the earth right so you think about yeah. groundedness the closer to you to the earth you are in your awareness it actually literally changes how you show up because if you're if you're used to like you know kind of being in your head and thinking a lot that's that's probably going to take over so you have to kind of retrain your awareness mm -hmm. to hang out in the lower part of your body and from there you can you can step into leadership because you're you're not going to come from a place of panic. You know, you're going to yeah. come from a deeper and clearer place. Um, I think 
I think the other parts of leadership is that are really important are, are to really be trusting of our intuitive capacity. And, and this is difficult right now um, because we're getting lots of information yeah. coming at us from different media sources and, and that puts us in our heads a lot, right? And our intuition doesn't come from our brains. And, and so that's the other reason why practice is so important because if we, if we learn how to mm -hmm. drop into a still place, quiet place, that that inner wisdom will come through but we have to stop distracting ourselves like you yeah. said with like video games yeah. sometimes even food like i i've been fasting for the last mm. 24 hours and and that's a great way to you know just get deeper in and and to take away some of the things that we tend to use to kind of medicate our discomfort and so mm. You know, I think the other beautiful thing about a physical practice, like I, I do a lot of yoga, and what yoga does is it trains us to to be able to relax into discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're you're putting your body through these sort of intense positions, postures, breathing. It, it brings up a lot of sensation in the body, right? Yeah. It brings up a lot of sensation. It can be intense. What most people do in when they're feeling something intense is they try to move away from it, right? Yeah, they avoid um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yoga trains us to, to stay in the intensity and to stay open through that intensity, and and then we we take that type of practice into the real world, right? Yeah. When the shit's hitting the fan, you know. When life is putting us into a contortion. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen? You know, your neighbor might get the coronavirus or maybe yeah. the federal government comes in with tanks coming down your street in a mm -hmm. week. We, we don't know, right? So how, how are you going to deal with that anxious response in your body? Are you going to mm. break the fuck out or are you going to stay grounded, clear and centered and allow your decisions to come from that place? Yeah. And yeah, I've yeah. recognized that having a, a groundedness practice really helps for being in the flow state because the flow state is sort of like it takes you away from this kind of, it's almost like you just let go. And if you're not grounded, if you don't have an intention, it's difficult to maintain that. So yeah, yeah being like paying attention to the bottom of my feet has always been like one of these practices that I've, I've kind of been able to come back to very quickly in times of stress like I notice when I'm much more connected to my body I'm walking with a lot more purpose as well yeah absolutely yeah. I totally agree yeah the, mm. the body is is intelligent you know it's been yeah. evolving for millennia and it's it's you know designed to adapt to our environment to threat to all these kinds of things in, in an intelligent way, you know? And I think what's happened with humans is we, we've developed these mental functions that sometimes get in the way of trusting our body's intelligence. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's, I mean, there's actually, I think more neural pathways running from the gut to the brain 
than vice versa. And I think also with the heart too. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, our nervous systems are, are wired to respond to people in our sphere, to, you know, all of the sensory input that's happening around us. And, mm. and if, we, if we relax more into our bodies, our bodies will kind of, if we allow them to kind of take over mm. and trust their intelligence, I think that's where we can get into these flow states more. And totally, yeah. So it's powerful, and, and for sure, it does. Yeah. yeah, it does require a certain element of of kind of letting go, right? Does absolutely it does, yeah. Because that's that's actually a part of the flow cycle is like that release phase, right? So that letting go really lets us into the pocket of flow, and yeah, yeah it's so interesting. What can people who are experiencing anger right now. I'm sure there are a lot of people, a lot of men out there who are, you know, fueled on their testosterone is rising. It's bubbling up to a level where they feel like, you know, that anger also from a level of consciousness, right? Isn't anger very closely equated to fear? Um, I, I've never looked at it that way. It's possible. Um, you know, I think anger, anger, and fear they're both just energy right they're, yeah. they're emotion energy in motion right totally. and and what we do with that energy you know we can we can learn to channel that in different ways um yeah but i think i think it's important for men in particular with anger to to find if you feel it bubbling up like to create a safe container to express it because otherwise yeah. it'll probably erupt out into our relationships and mm. so you know i think setting what i mean by a safe container is like maybe you take set a timer for a couple of minutes and and you just get on your hands and knees and you just pound a pillow on the bed or something like that just just mm -hmm. to move the energy yeah. um, i think what what happens a lot for men with anger is it it kind of gets stuck and it goes unprocessed and unresolved and, mm. and then it kind of just leaks out in unhealthy yeah. ways and there, there's nothing wrong with anger per se it's just how how we work with it that you know can yeah it's like a dormant volcano like building up yeah you're right yeah um so yeah i think i think men definitely need healthy outlets to express all emotions and mm -hmm. you know i think that's another reason why having a container of community is valuable because we you know a lot of men are taught and conditioned from a young age that that we're we're not allowed to feel certain ways you know and so mm -hmm. that's what that's what turns the the valve off on on the expression of our emotions and and you know a lot of times underneath anger is actually grief or or sadness or something that's yeah just hasn't been attended to so it kind of turns into anger um yeah. and so you know we've we've been taught that um you know it's it's okay for men to express anger but it's not okay for men to express grief or or their fear or their 
pain as as much. I think things are changing a little oh, bit more. Interesting. Um, so you feel like it's almost been transmuted to anger in a way to avoid feeling those other emotions. I think so. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Mm. And you know, I think there's there's there is sometimes a natural anger mm. or outrage due to you know, some kind of injustice that needs to be addressed and, and it, yeah. you know, it might have to do with crossing of certain boundaries or, you know, things like that. Yeah. And, and there, I think there are ways to express anger without it becoming an attack on somebody, you know, yeah. and, you know, that takes, takes a lot of practice and awareness to be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It needs sort of like a ritual or something. <laughs> like we set aside a time to scream into a pillow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, any time we create these kind of containers to process our emotion, mm. we're, we're actually developing the self-awareness to um, kind of shepherd these parts of ourselves. And, you know, so if you... If you have one moment between that sort of stimulus that creates the anger and your reactivity to it, that's the moment where you can say, okay, I'm feeling some anger right now. Mm. Take a deep breath and just, you know, feel it for what it is. And then, and then you have that moment to consider how can I create a healthy container for the expression of this? Mm. Um, how can I create a safe place for this to be held and felt without it causing any damage? And, yeah. and that it does take a considerable, considerable amount of self-awareness because most of us are just, you know, reacting to life, especially when things get stressful. Mm, reacting instead of responding. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely respond versus react is mm. the key. And you have, you have to have self-awareness to do that. And that, you know, that goes back to practice. You know, if you, if you sit every day and meditate for 20 minutes, that's going to actually expand the space between stimulus and that reactivity. You're going to have just a little bit of a buffer to be like, oh yeah, I'm angry right now. You know, it creates that witness, that ability to witness our experience without being so, in it completely. Mm, yeah. Mm. What do you feel that men can do to enhance their flow state much more naturally? Like compared to, let's say, your, your, your drug-fueled past, right? And yeah. compared to now, how you, you're using yoga, you're using your body, like what would you say to the men right now who are on the precipice of like, yeah, I don't really want to give that stuff up, but I'm also kind of interested in the esoteric or the mystical or the spiritual realm. Like for the, for the guys who are sort of interested in getting off of, off of drugs, but also mm -hmm. like they're sort of wavering. What would you say to those men? Um, I would say just, you know, start experimenting. Like you can, um, if you're if you're wanting to 
start playing with more flow states you gotta you gotta create a space to practice you know you yeah. just, everything comes back to practice for me pretty much you, totally. know, you gotta set a space where you're gonna be like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna not drink alcohol for for the next three days and, mm, and just, give yourself challenges yeah i like that yeah mm. yeah you definitely have to and and this this is also relates to creating containers and and this is something that you know i've learned from my teacher as one of the the kind of inherent gifts that we can give to ourselves and to the world as leaders and you know masculine oriented beings we can mm. you know, the masculine energy is about creating structure right and, yeah and if we can create structure from a place of consciousness that allows us to to lead from a deeper place and and create safe spaces to explore new territory right and anytime we're living in fear or avoidance of doing something it's because we don't feel safe right and so mm. we can actually take the the masculine part of our consciousness and create a container for the feminine part of our consciousness which is the fearful part like i'm afraid to give up alcohol for three days because you know something about drinking every day makes me you know feel mm. safe and relaxed so so we can actually communicate with these parts of ourselves that are not really trusting this change you know it's really getting out of our comfort zone right yeah and and so so it's yeah it's about creating a structure and the more detailed that structure is the more that kind of feminine part of us can relax and, and the same thing goes to like relating to a feminine partner you know, yeah woman. Um, I was just about to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was going to yeah. ask you about relationships and what, what is the purpose of relationships? Do you feel Soma? Um, to me, the purpose of relationships is really about our healing and our evolution. Um, mm. And, you know, I can't say that there's a specific relationship structure that will necessarily create that. You know, I think that's mm. up to the individual to experiment and mm. decide for themselves. But ultimately, you know, relationships are a mechanism to, to see who we are because we, you know, they're, they're mirroring our unconscious parts of us. Totally. Yeah. You know, I think most people that have been in relationships for an extended period of time realize that like your your shit gets triggered when you when you get deeper into relationships and you start to realize you know oh yeah like that part of me is still showing up here or you know in particular relating with with women mm. that are more sensitive often than men in a certain way. Um, you know, women tend to be a little bit more tapped into their intuition, whether they're aware of it or not. And so yeah. most men that have been in a relationship with a woman, a woman have experienced like women can see right through their, their bullshit, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's a gift if we receive it in that way. Um, it's not always easy to kind of take that medicine, but 
um, it's important to find a way to listen to the feedback that we're getting in relationship because it's really there to, to guide us to grow and to be a better version of ourselves. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think the other piece, uh, you know, that kind of speaks to the, the evolutionary part of relationship. And then the, the healing part is really, you know, again, those, those triggers that I talked about, they tend to be related to our childhood, wounds, you know, things that happen to us in our upbringing that most of us are still carrying to one degree or another. And um, if we can kind of be humble in those moments when the wounds come up and, you know, we're with a partner that can work with us in that domain, then there is an opportunity for kind of a rewiring of those childhood experiences that were sort of inadequate to, to get our needs met. You know, most of us have... Mm. unmet childhood needs and, and relationships can be a container to to sometimes give us the things that we didn't get when we grew up and mm. uh, it's been my experience totally yeah yeah it's been mine too you know i've real i realized recently that i need to sort of come up with my own definition of relating because there's a lot of like conscious relating jargon out there and like, you know, what is yeah. this idea of soulmate and all this, this stuff. So I think right. that it's important for men to create their own framework and structure for what their particular relationship uh, will look like. Like what are the green flags? What are the red flags, you know, and taking it from yeah. Yeah, and, it, and, you know, most of that happens through child, trial and error. You know, you got to kind of go in and, and, True. and be willing. You know, I, I think a lot of men, and I, I struggle with this still sometimes, a lot of men can be wired to be more avoidant in relationship. Mm. You know, there's, there's, um, there's different attachment patternings that come from our childhood, and it, it really sets us up to show up certain ways in relationship and you know the avoidant tendency is like when when there's a lot of intimacy or connection that'll be a trigger for some guys they'll be like oh i'm getting too close you know (laughs) too too much love too much connection (laughs) and and again that's really goes back to what i spoke of at the beginning of the call of there's we have these experiences in life that create a lot of sensation in the body right yeah and whether it's fear panic i mean that that could be an anxious response for a lot of guys is intimacy right Mm. that could be as scary as the coronavirus for some of us (laughs) yeah so um so what do we do in those moments? It's really important to, to have a look and, and notice where we kind of shut down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've sort of gone through anxiety a lot of my life. And one of the benefits of exploring that area has been reframing that nervous energy as a sort of kind of readiness or a preparedness, mm-hmm. uh, a wake up call from the body telling me that, 
yeah, there's something that needs to be done. There's something that need. There's a loop that needs to be closed. You know, there's some. I like of, that. Yeah. yeah, there's some kind oh. of uh, uh, an integration process that needs to take place here. Because clearly, I'm fragmented right now with two sides yeah. of me playing tug of war. So maybe they just yeah. need to get off the rope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a really valuable reframe. You know, and I think anytime we can create those kind of conscious anchors for ourselves because a lot of times when that stuff's happening is you know we go unconscious Mm. so if you can you know somehow train your brain to realize like oh yeah i'm feeling this kind of feeling right now all right that's when i need to do this practice or Mm. that's when i need to just reconsider what's happening here Um, right and sometimes the best we can do is just all right we kind of collapsed in that moment or we disassociated in that moment and we realize, you know, an hour later and then we can go back and like, if, if something went down in our relationship that was off or if we acted like a dick, you know, we can mm-hmm. go and repair, you know, we can acknowledge our shortcomings, whether it's with ourselves or with somebody else. And, mm. and you know, we can always refresh and start again yeah Mm. yeah this is a time for regeneration for a lot of people i think as they're stuck by themselves it's sort of like they're pushed to do the inner work whether they like it or not you know yeah Yeah. and i think it it definitely puts us kind of in a pressure cooker if we are in a relationship you know if we're sharing a house with other people yeah for sure um you know with all the outside stress and pressure and things that are going on it's probably going to amplify whatever issues are in the relationship already and Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's i think it's really essential that we not only are are doing our own practices to stay grounded and clear and centered but even in our relationships finding ways to communicate better so that we can keep keep the energy clear in our households and be able to work more harmoniously and uh, you know synergistically with each other because um, it's we need it right now we need to mm. to be able to trust each other and move on impulse if we need to move you know we don't we don't know what's going to happen in the next we week yeah. or so. everybody's kind of on the edge of their seats right and um and i you know i guess i know the things i've shared might seem like end of the world kind of scenarios but i think it's important to consider any possibility right now and i think that's a really going back to what we should be doing as leaders is is considering that preparing mm-hmm. for and any being possible. okay with that as well yeah 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 absolutely yeah it's like it's like yeah like everything could completely collapse we could all run out of money and we might need to go hunt <laughs> or <laughs> we might need to grow a garden whatever it is like are you considering that this could happen that we can't rely on the structures that we once knew and mm. we're gonna have to rely on our inner resources yeah out of chaos comes more order right so yeah 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 
and and we'll need to rely on each other in some ways, right? Definitely. Soma, have you ever noticed a sort of pattern with uh, the clients that you coach? Have you noticed any kind of um, people that you're getting in general or, or a similar kind of problem with a lot of men that, that you coach? Yeah, I, I think the most consistent thing that I've seen in the men that I've worked with is is really a lack of trust in themselves, like a, a lack of confidence. And um, yeah, just sort of like a living in self-doubt and allowing that self-doubt to yeah. run their life or sabotage other areas. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, you know, in their relationships, in their work. I think, you know, I think the men that I work with tend to care a lot about other people. Um, and, and they want to do something. They want to contribute something of value to the world. You know, they want to have a sense of purpose and, um, and yet, you know, the self-doubt really gets in the way of them pursuing that. So they tend to stay safe in their relationships. They tend to stay safe in what they try to create in their lives. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think that's the most consistent mm. pattern. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. Ah, what an amazing conversation. I'm yeah. Glad. I'm glad that we spoke and uh, I hope that this can help out a lot of people. Um, how can people get in touch with you, brother? Yeah, so different ways. Uh, you can check out my website, which is theessentialman.net. And I'm also pretty active on Instagram. It tends to be the, the social media platform that I put the most energy into and mm -hmm. I'm on there. The the name is the period essential period man, mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I I try to share some of the wisdom that's coming through me a lot on Instagram, and I'm also putting together a series of groups. I don't know when this podcast is going to get released, but I'm going to be mm -hmm. doing some some virtual programs happening this year um, some of that's shifted from from in-person work that was the plan mm. um, so if, if you're curious about getting experience of community of men that can kind of be allies in your life in this time can be emotional support can help to sharpen you by giving you honest feedback and and pushing you to, to follow through with your purpose and stay in integrity in your life. Mm. If you're looking for practices that similar to what we spoke of on this call that will help you to stay grounded and tapped into your body intelligence, then you know, some of these programs could really serve you. So, you know, you can, you can look me up on, on Instagram and I'll be posting about those and yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you so much again. Have an amazing rest of your day. May the flow yeah. be with you, brother. Thank you. I like that. Enjoyed this flow awakening episode? Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow at Flowzone Academy on Instagram. That's at F L O Z O N E A C A D E M Y. May the flow be with you and stay legendary. Until next time, Flowmies.